Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth. Inspired to live in a mindful, health-filled way. Humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily ritual. In love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of mojo. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Firstly, thank you so much for the support so far of our incredible creative portal, our app. It's been so beautiful to be creating and sharing in there and just to receive so much incredible creations from so many amazing people too I'm just honestly so just overwhelmed with love and um, warmth at at how it's being received so thank you Um, this conversation is with a beautiful sister called Hannah Ruth Dyson Um, we actually interviewed her about a year ago over a year ago um, on the podcast and she is someone who I just learn and receive so much from. Um, You will know that if you listen to that conversation that she is the steward, creatress of an incredible brand and movement and project called Soul Seed. And since we spoke, she's developed an online membership portal that is sort of like a house. It's called her house, um, the Soul Seed House. To, to house all of this incredible deep feminine research and it serves as sort of a, an online library in a way and we are concocting ways to collaborate in a way that serves both of our um, projects and visions because I'm so aligned with everything that she is doing. I thought I'd share this little clip of her explaining her project um, so that you can gain a little understanding from the outset. We're just working to build the most comprehensive library of deep feminine and earth-based cultural knowledge from across the world, past and present, inviting everyone to also be the researcher of their own lineages and experiences. And so we all get to radically shift the academic model of outsiders researching a people and making assumptions. And, And then even with the history, like there's been so much bias and prejudice and so much limitation to what we've understood as who we are. And then also within the divine feminine uprising and spiritual movement, which is so exciting. It's like, um, there's so much beauty, but it can also swim in the fantasy realms, which is like where I also love to be. But it's like, um, we're able with this research platform and library to kind of really anchor it down and to like help shift all realms of life and, and help create the change that I think we need to see in the world. In this conversation, we dive more so into her work with plant medicine, and especially now that she's pregnant, there's been a really deep and profound journey she's been on in that regard. And then we flow into the parallels of um, disempowerment within pregnancy and within birth, and also how that extends to the world of plant medicine and to indigenous communities in general and to feminine bodied people too. So there's a lot of parallels that we strike within this this conversation and we talk about um, the power of collaboration, about 
the power of discernment and so much more. I will just allow you to drop in and receive. I really wanted to explore firstly something that you already shared on the app um, the other day about um, your journey with ayahuasca and um, Mm -hmm. yeah I would love for you to just share about that because I really wanted to hear um, obviously you shared like just a bit in text but I wanted to explore that with you as in you know uh, yeah because I'm sure it's like so deep and powerful and I'd love to hear also obviously because I've had that similar experience recently of um, really stepping back from I think a few years ago I was more so like entering those sort of spaces but I've I've kind of just really stepped fully away from um, working with plant medicine actually and it's been um, definitely probably something that was that was needed and and like you said in in your text it was um, also a process of just feeling like you didn't want to contribute to like appropriation and um Mm-hmm. and working with you know practitioners who weren't from that lineage and that sort of thing and I like that's kind of been a part of my reasoning I guess too and just being really selective also about like you know when when I enter into that space and, and why and um anyways yeah I just want to hear um your experience with that because I'm sure I can probably resonate with a lot of it yes wow it's been <laughs> such a beautiful journey and it's so funny because I have been so in the beauty of it all um and I'll share the whole journey but I was I I was feeling so like clear that I just I'm going to talk about it all like this whole experience that I've just been on and then just in the last like week or so there was like a few seeds of like fear planted and I didn't really fear it but it was kind of an interesting observation from others um that I know like oh maybe you shouldn't talk about this online or especially being pregnant it's like such taboo and so many people are going to be like triggered or think that it's wrong and that um you know maybe you should just at least wait until you know you've had a child and so forth so it was already like um this thing that was kind of circling around that it was the first time I'd even really thought about it because I was just so in the space of like trust and, and the heart and love for this journey. And then when you like, uh, thank you for having this app because I just suddenly felt like, okay, this is a place which is maybe a little bit um, less wide open than just social media in general. And I can just, post it there and I still feel like I'm going to be I mean I'm talking about to talk about it all right now but like I feel like I still really trust the process of sharing it on um, for example Instagram and so forth but it's just it's just that interesting thing but when it comes back to like what is the decision coming from fear or love when it comes from love I just want to talk about all of it and yeah it's been yeah you know I I first experienced plant medicine. I mean, before that, I'd experienced a lot of psychedelics. I'd been a lot more in the festival, partying kind of scene, and then kind of entering deeply into uh, yoga and meditation and that kind of um, more sober path. And then, like, I just experienced my first plant medicine or animal medicine was Buffo. 
DMT5MEO, which is like a, a really um, strong one to begin with um, because it fully blasted me out and just was such an incredible experience. And then um, I also recognized I was not with the right um people necessarily or just the right guide because a lot of strange things unfolded after the ceremony but the the experience itself was so powerful and beautiful and just like a rebirth and um everything and that kind of experience where you really can't put into words and then the month or two afterwards i just was on another field of awareness and I found it very hard to ground and to integrate and to even connect with anyone in my life I just was on such a beautiful realm of reality where I was seeing magic in real time and just you know I would think of something and then I would see it and then just witnessing just so much beauty and and synchronicity but I was like so ungrounded and disconnected so it was after that I kind of took a pretty long journey of not needing to really go into plant medicines um, per se. And I just really found my way, I think, to navigate between realms of awareness and uh, like initiations and meeting death. And I don't know, just really being able to experience everything I would have done on psychedelics or even plant medicine, but through my own mind, through breath and through orgasm and through movement and just um again stillness and i experienced again through even just that like a lot of um uncomfortable experiences where i really became scared because i i remember a few kind of meeting the void experiences like death experiences where i really felt like i was letting go of all my connection to this world and i was stepping into that like liminal space and I wasn't sure if I would come back like that was and I and I it's one thing if you've taken something and you can kind of tell yourself um if your sort of narrator is still there in the mind like oh I'm but this is something I've taken and you'll come back but when it's just purely yourself and there's really a chance that you might not come back and I felt like there were quite a few times early on in my journey about seven or so years ago where I really kind of went there and gratefully found my way back and could ground and integrate and really learn how to kind of walk between those kind of realms of reality and just synesthesia like you know playing with the senses and just experiencing um yeah the more than just physical reality and yeah it it was like my journey so I'm grateful for it but I and I'm grateful for the guides I did meet along the way but a lot of it was just self-experimentation um but again a lot of that was without any um any sort of plant medicines or psychedelics and so on um but along the way ayahuasca has always been there um of course it's like part of the field of awareness like the communities I've been part of and I've actually been part of ceremonies without drinking the medicine I've been an observer of many different um, spaces and I've seen I felt like along the way I just saw so many ways it was um, it could be manipulated or abused or just 
people guiding it were just not in the right strength of integrity i mean even from my first experience the the guide was just it just it kind of um revealed a lot through that like what like this person is maybe addicted to the power of holding space and not really in the heart or doing the deeper work to hold space where you know you're really clean and you're able to just purely be there as a space holder not mixing your energies and I would see a lot of sexual energies getting mixed and a lot of just um, confusion within those spaces and then of course like so much beauty and it's also like <laughs> from an outsider you never know what is going on for you know anyone individual experience and what you know maybe they need to see or feel or move through but um i i did build up over time because especially because my work um led me to meeting with more and more indigenous groups and female elders in particular and i felt such a strong connection to the indigenous and um i felt such a deep respect for the the healers and the medicine women and men that i met that were so in their power and integrity and i could see like what they were doing like between the realms of just like the amount of um i had just had developed such a strong respect and i just felt like also this untethering of um, the medicine from its place and from its context and from the whole cosmovision of what it entails and it's a whole lifestyle and it just being like you know this thing that everyone's drawn to because we're trying to reconnect we're trying to heal and we're trying to understand the world that we're in so there's so much beauty around it but then i could really see how um, we were like maybe still not getting the full thing that we're really asking for you know the deeper thing that we're looking for which is i think that belonging on earth that feeling of a part of everything and that sense of reciprocity and just community and connection um to all plants to all animals to all you know rock and and stone and earth and so forth um and then of course like there's just again and again you just see what an incredible medicine like you know all these different medicines we have access to um psychedelics like this renaissance is also you know happening for a reason because people are connecting back and are then you know suddenly aligned on their purpose and there's just so much beauty within the space but um i didn't feel i just kept feeling with ayahuasca in particular like i'm going to be called to it um for sure when like there'll be no doubt in my mind and it's interesting because i felt for many years that I was already working with her energy and the spirit of the medicine. And I even had it a couple of years ago. I remember a friend who, who sits with the medicine often. I was saying to her like, yeah, I, I feel I'm already connected with her. I, I work with her. And that night it was like a funny, like cosmic joke. It was like, I came home and I just suddenly couldn't stop purging <laughs> i was like throwing up and i suddenly went through this crazy like psychedelic vision i was being guided into the jungle by the jaguar by indigenous people here and i just was in this whole experience but it was like a really rough ride also and i physically um went through a lot and 
uh, it was just a funny thing because I was like, okay, be careful with what you say or what you're, you're putting out and what you're choosing when. But um, I had this sense that I was always um, working with her energy and her medicine without actually having drunk her. And then uh, actually with my first um, pregnancy, the, the, the day I did um, a pregnancy test, which already confirmed what actually an indigenous uh, medicine woman had already told me that I was pregnant. Um, I met a friend who's now a dear friend and she, her, she shared her incredible free birth experience. And later on, I found out she also um, had been microdosing with ayahuasca. And at the time, I remember and thinking, that just sounds insane. Like, why would you be, you know, it, you know, still the connection to, you know, maybe a drug or just taking a substance. It's like, it just felt like, why would you do that? And then along the, the last few years, I would hear like, um, other women who had also drunk the medicine while pregnant and then indigenous women who did who would drink the medicine to um, to become pregnant if they were having difficulty with fertility and then also drinking her with the journey of pregnancy and it just being part of the fabric of the community and the way of life and it just um, being like a guide and I remember after my first birth which and which was pretty crazy the whole journey um traumatic in many ways but I I remember thinking like wow there's something to that I could imagine working with the medicine where you feel like you have that deeper level of being held by um like the grandmother like that we would have had in our you know village life in the tribes of um that deep ancestral line of um being held in the knowing of what transition you're moving through and i just i had a difficult initiation into motherhood because i attracted i really chose the wrong birth keepers midwives who just one in particular became very toxic throughout the experience of my birth to the point where it became um truly dangerous and I just had to remove myself from her um but that's a whole other story but then yeah with this um pregnancy pretty much I realized I was pregnant at the beginning of um this whole world pandemic um quarantine and I felt immediately like I wanted to go on a deeper journey this time and really this time trust my my visions and my intuition because for the first pregnancy I had this really clear vision that I was going to give birth by myself in the jungle and then because I <laughs> was my first time and I just was so open to hearing other people's experiences and other people's advice and so open to the point where I wasn't standing in my power and my strength of knowing and really um it's all about now I feel like so strong it's all about knowing yourself in the deepest way trusting yourself in the deepest way having boundaries being really clear in your voice and um there's a whole journey of deep deep healing also ancestry you know from what our mother line um you know went through with birth and so forth so it's a really deep space but um this time I was like okay I'm just gonna fully listen so I never even did a pregnancy test and I still haven't um you know done any scans or anything I just feel 
we our body and our minds and everything is such an intelligent system we know if something is wrong or we know if we should go and get something checked i just feel there's a really strong instinct and intuition and i i really grateful now at this point to really trust and know that and really sit in the knowing of that but at the beginning of this pregnancy i um kept having dreams of microdosing with ayahuasca and i i was totally open to it at that point because i had met um like i said several women who had had incredible pregnancies and births with microdosing ayahuasca and knowing that there were communities or tribes where it's just a normal thing also um but i didn't immediately take action or like try and go and um you know get ayahuasca in any way i just received those dreams and i just kind of continued on and then in like three or four months ago time feels like such a warp um i have no idea actually but i had um pretty much a nearly two whole months of the most intense earache like to the point where I wasn't sleeping in the nights and nothing would work like every single herbal remedy or like even medication anything was like relieving really the pain or it would like slightly numb it for a while and then it'd be right back and I just wasn't I couldn't do anything and I felt like I was going like losing my mind a little bit because I was just not sleeping and um it came to this point one night i just had to fully surrender and i sat at my meditation space and just like fully gave in i was like please just sh- like tell me what to do like fully like show me what what can i do with his pain and it was like immediately like that level of surrender i began to channel like voices started coming through me like songs started coming through me and i'd felt these kind of voices which i would call ancestral voices and earth voices like i felt them actually coming trying to come through like the year before and in in different spaces and i'd always felt so uncomfortable like what is this i don't i have no idea what's going to come through me and i also this isn't my space i'm not holding it and i i also don't want to be weird and i also yeah i was kind of freaked out just by myself like what is this and um so i i definitely knew in the back of my mind that i had been holding some of that back so then I kind of opened up this channel and i just so much started to come through and then I immediately started to feel the pain in my ear start to to release and also that like I realized this connection to my jaw and I've had since I was 16 like really like an intense discomfort in my jaw like TMJ like grinding and just nothing also that I would try over the years was really working in the deeper sense it was like always and i would be told by different healers and people i would go to like yeah this is really deep for you because what you're describing i don't even really feel like it, this is something much deeper and so i i kind of knew that as well um but yeah it was through this then surrender that i began to feel my jaw soften and i was just like wow this is the first time since i was 15 that i remember my jaw feeling this like relaxed and 
that same night, the same night that I was kind of channeling and so on, I just started to get the clearest message of and vision, like really clear visions of um, planting ayahuasca, the vine, and then chakruna, which uh, is combined to make the brew, on our land here in Costa Rica. And uh, I was like, wow, that would be so beautiful to have the actual plants and to grow her and to be yeah around that um energy and then immediately i was shown where to um well to microdose again with this pregnancy and also to um hold ceremony and <laughs> my instant reaction like from my mind was like no way am i gonna be a white woman guiding ayahuasca i was just like n like I had so up until that point, I had developed quite a bit of judgment around non-indigenous led ceremony. And I felt like it was just this really funny cosmic joke because I was just like this. And I felt, I mean, I really felt such a strong mental resistance. And every time that resistance would build up in my mind, I'd feel the tension build up again in my jaw and the pain in my ear. And so it was this direct relationship of like, I didn't feel I had a choice and so the more I softened into it and just allowed for this journey to unfold in front of me and just begin being humbled by what was coming through and just listen and um, respond, then again, everything would soften and I would feel, um, yeah, that everything opening up again in my life where I felt a bit maybe stuck for a while in business and in um, finances and in everything just felt like, okay, I'm being shown a part of the journey that I was um, kind of shutting off for a while. And I'd come away from a little bit from really listening to my, my more of that intuition. And this is now like the full, I've always respected people who channel and who hear you know angels or aliens or uh, I don't know ancestors and so on but I'd never I'd never fully um I'd always felt held and supported and protected and I always felt this clear knowing like this clear cognizant of like what my journey is and I would always have clear visions through dreams and so on but I was never with all of that in full recognition of um my ancestors or spirit or and I felt like this whole thing experience has really helped me honor that and recognize that and and really um be humbled to that as well like this is not me this is like I'm being a vessel and perhaps because I've witnessed the the beauty and level of what the indigenous people do the ones who are really initiated and and um and live in integrity with the medicine and with, I mean, any sort of ceremonial work that I am also, I feel the responsibility of being <laughs> ushered onto this new part of the journey. And um, it also makes sense because for many, for five years, every week I was sharing a women's circle. And then for the last few years of it was um, always with cacao. And that was such a beautiful medicine and heart opener and just such a beautiful vessel for my journey on a soul level like just a connection so it's not just the academic work that I was doing and the documentary work I was doing or just you know the advocacy or activism that I really cared about but just this deeper soul nourishment and um about about you know three years ago when I had my son I 
I had this clear message, not just because I was a mother and I didn't have as much energy to hold space, but I felt like this wasn't quite my medicine anymore. And this wasn't quite my, my, my weekly ritual or my thing to do, but I, it left me kind of adrift for those last few, three years where I just focused more on the academic space or more on the building stuff online. And, um, I, still had meditation I still had my my own practices but I felt um yeah that loss also of not holding space and now being guided to this already my journey has just been so incredibly beautiful and full of ease and just um flow and it's felt like oh this is a place I get to really show up in the kind of spirit world and in the soul level where I can um, connect in this deeper space and really also support people in their healing um, where I can, which I, I love to just hold space. Um, and yeah, so th immediately the day after I had the dream and the clear guidance, the clear messaging, and also just shown so much like I was to hold I was like immediately like oh hold space just for women and then it was like no you have to hold space for men and this is what you'll charge and this is how you'll do it and this like I had such clear directions and I woke up the next day or just kind of came out of it the next day just feeling a little bit disorientated like what is reality what am I what is like you know between vision and dream and just um was so beautiful because I connected with a friend and she was like I want to gift you chakruna seeds and then later on she wanted to gift me the vine through um, someone else and I was just like, suddenly made the dream ground fully into reality and um, actuality I was like wow this is happening this is <laughs> taking place now and so yeah the journey has kind of just unfolded from there I, I had a beautiful soul friend she had drunk the medicine like 10 years ago and hadn't ever felt called to go back to any um, ceremonies um, until she heard my journey. And I just started sharing with a few close people like this is kind of what's been happening. I don't still trying to make sense of it. And she's like, I'm called to work with you. And so we sat, she was my first sort of client and we sat one-to-one. Um, -one. I have to say before that I did my first like solo ceremony. I was like, I'm just going to microdose with ayahuasca and um, sit throughout the night with a fire and just be in deep ceremony. And the and I really wanted to know what the ceremony would look like so I could be prepared. I could plan it in my mind. Like, how am I going to be when I invite other people into this space with me? And the joke was like, I as, as soon as I drank and I incrementally drank more throughout the whole night, um, I became more and more sober <laughs> and grounded and fully like in on on the earth and I it was a beautiful night because I had like on my land a fire going the whole entire night and I had this whole tribe of monkeys like above me and my puppy next to me and it just was beautiful but I also just was like so sober and I was just immediately, you know, received the message, like, you have to step into every experience as the unexpected without any preconceived ideas, without any pre-planning, really just like show up and be ready to channel what is needed and hold space for what is needed. So then um, that was the full moon. And then two weeks later, I sat with my friend um, for the first ceremony. I did one-to-one -one 
on the new moon and it was just so beautiful we just sat upright the whole entire night it felt so easy to sit in full lotus with like my back straight you know usually pregnant it's like you want a little bit of support on the back but through just microdosing the um, medicine to I mean close to like a full amount but not I mean it just felt very intuitive and just not like very feminine just like no need to especially being pregnant it just you know no, no need to go for a full um it's like just being pulled you know fully out but it was enough to um where I could have just you know we could have both just lied down and just be you know fully gone with it but it felt like sitting upright this deep communication with the medicine with the energies so many songs channeled through like I would hear a song and then I would just start singing and like joining in and it would never feel like it was just me singing but um so I would open my eyes several times and like just check if my friend was singing and she wasn't um so this is like this beautiful um yeah community of spirits just around and just the energy um with the drum and the rattle just everything became so intuitive and um beautiful and it felt integrated as we went like we were learning our um power through it like our power to navigate life and shift energy and move through all things and um i felt this deep feminine initiation and arising into um yeah who we are at this time and what we're needed for and since it's just made my path so much more clear in in the sense of um, where to put my energy and where not to and seeing just still how many ways I was being drained and not able to show up for what I really needed to being a mother being pregnant being a partner being a friend being um, also you know a creator and, and a researcher and, and with all of these big visions and ideas and just seeing yeah how to just keep working with this energetic field to support all of it um it's made everything really simple suddenly in my life and the power of my word and action since like through this journey has become much more clear and um simple as well like not as an empath all the time worrying about um you know dancing around different triggers and worrying what people uh, thinking or just um, I don't know just so aware of hypersensitive to everything I've now just stepped I think fully into my own energy and I've become really clear with my being able to speak my truth and not feel any projection or baggage and and be okay if I trigger and it be and not feeling the attachment to needing someone to you know love me right away or be my best friend or just um get me just allow it to sit within the space and just know that I don't have to hold on to other people's energy and this has become of course like a dedication if I'm going to hold this deeper space of ceremony for others I have to stay so clean and aware of my own journey and what am I projecting what am I you know jealous of or angry about or feeling pain around or just like constantly bringing all my awareness into myself um so that's been like such an incredible gift and just I, I, <laughs> I haven't had to 
do anything but I just immediately had another beautiful woman that I started working with like energetically working together now for preparing for the next full moon in like the 2nd of October and um, it just was like one of those soul recognitions of like our first meeting just her knowing immediately that she was meant to join me on this journey and her just speaking so much about initiation and realizing oh this is what it like I'm here for this deep feminine initiation this rising into ourselves on the soul level not just academic research and the all the indigenous like women that I look you know look up to and I've been inspired to tell their stories and record their voices and you know bring out into my work with soul sea gathering it's like this is me also embodying it and living it and learning about it in the sort of energetic field and really really being able to stay I'd say true to the path and not get taken off the path in any way be really connected to the earth and the plants and like this also this journey just to ayahuasca has helped open up this whole field of awareness um it's like the plants have always been in my life and now i feel like they're in full focus it's like they're really present and i'm guided to all these different um plants and there's so much medicine here in the jungle it's like beyond a lifetime to explore and discover but i feel yeah so just incredibly grateful and um like i said just coming back to being pregnant it's like i've seen so many women i've met now so many women who have had amazing experiences and just really the most amazing phenomenal births and it's like that's why i feel so right and good about talking about it all even though i now have that <laughs> since this past week that um other awareness of course it could sound a bit crazy if you've not um understood all that or I don't know it could just seem from the outside like I, I just, there's already so much fear projected onto pregnancy and onto birth um, and I understand all of that but it's um, it feels so important just to speak truth as I live it and just be um, yeah loving with my words and just sharing exactly what I'm working through as I work through it even though um part of yeah part of that story would be you know you'd feel more safe to have the beautiful bit and then talk about it in retrospect but um I feel so good and so everything um I've not had any real you know challenges in this pregnancy it's just been so beautiful and um yeah I just feel so ready I feel no fear and like I mentioned, I had like a pretty intense first birth, but I feel no fear really for this upcoming one. I just feel really held and um, supported. So I'm interested now to also bridge research and bridge the stories. And because and when you look online, you don't really find anything around this connection between pregnancy and drinking the medicine um, with small amounts. And I will say that I did get sent by my dad because he's a medical scientist. Uh, he sent me this research paper, which was really um, it, very intense when you first come, when you first read it. And there's only been two studies done, and they refer to the first study as having found like zero issues between um, 
pregnancy and drinking the medicine. And in this study, they had a lot of intense, they, they studied on rats and they had a lot of problems like deaths and um, a lot of intense you know, issues. But when I read the whole study, which I had to then do, because I was just like, okay, what, what is this? Like what's going on? It was just, I, I still can't believe this study was conducted in the way it was because there's like the baseline was um, giving medicine to the equivalent of what a full dose would be to um, a pregnant rat every day of their pregnancy. And that was the baseline. So a full dose every single day, which I've never heard anyone do. Um, and then beyond that, they did like two times that, four times that, eight times that, 10 times that. And of course, I don't think there was any problems with the with the rats which drank the equivalent of a full dose every day of their pregnancy. But then when they doubled it and like times it by four and eight and 10, like, of course, like any medicine, anything in the world that has, you know, healing properties can become toxic um, and poison if we abuse it. So it was just so strange to me that a study like that would be conducted and it like why would you not study what you know indigenous women have been doing for centuries which is microdosing or drinking a full dose but maybe once like in a ceremonial context like throughout the whole pregnancy I don't know you know it's like it was so intense to see that study and then also um, realize it's not it's not a great representative at all of what any I think one what anyone would choose to do um but yeah that's kind of the whole thing wow <laughs> so much <laughs> i'm so grateful that you feel like safe and supported to to share that whole experience um with me too it felt really special to have access to um that vision and i was just following along with you and and trying to visualize mm -hmm. it in my mind too but obviously it's a very like personal and internally felt and experience and lived experience for you. So I can never really hope to understand the, the complexities and the, you know, the intricacies of it, but um, it just all sounds so beautiful. And yeah, to kind of reflect on obviously what you said about the study, it's um, I think it's, that's what's so beautiful about the work that you're doing. It's, it's really like merging those two worlds together, which I guess what you've already experienced, it's like, it hasn't really been done so much before. Um, and, and you can't really find things out there that are going to probably reaffirm what your experience is. But um, I think it's so beautiful that you are just in such a deep space of trust with it. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure like, even if you read the opposite in a study, probably, yeah, it wouldn't really affect what you're doing because it's, it's your direct experience that you're having and your direct like interpretation of everything that's happening and nothing can really um, come in between that, you know? Yes. And it's, um, it felt like a test of like, how much will you listen to your intuition versus how you know much to the authoritarian um you know masculine really you know like when we come down to it, it's like the feminine intuition versus the you know the way we've been schooled and told we are meant to go and see always doctors to heal and there's always an authority outside of ourselves 
um, which all has its place, but there's this balance, right, that I think so many of us are part of reclaiming the feminine and just readdressing that balance within. And I can speak, again, just like with my first pregnancy, I had all this deep intuition and knowing, which I then slowly chipped away at bit by bit throughout that first pregnancy and listened to you know the fear of even wanting a home birth or even wanting to do it alone and then like bringing in um midwives and bringing in this outside and then it just bringing in actually more and more fear and um just I can see so clearly like there's no doubt in my mind that what I allowed by not fully standing in my power and my knowing and just going all the way with my intuition. Cause it felt like for the first time I'd been kind of for a few years, just following that so fully and it just guiding me to, you know, live here in this beautiful place in the jungle, meeting my soul partner, you know, like starting my incredible work and just so much magic, so much beauty, like all guided through just intuition and knowing and just following and just going with it. And then reaching this point in my life where, oh, this isn't just about me. This is about another life coming through. And have I just been in my fantasy this whole time? Like, is this really real? Like I went through so much like overthinking about it all. Like, can I really trust my vision like do I you know and I and so in the end I went against it and it got to the point where I I truly like nearly lost my life like I I had to go into an emergency operation immediately after giving birth which ended up in a hospital and it just everything um you know coming out of that and then not being able to gain access to my son for the first like 30 hours and just being so like taken away so far away from what that initial vision had been and just seeing like it felt like for me on my journey like the seriousness I was shown like this is what happens actually when you don't listen to your intuition it is life or death like you and to kind of I've been integrating that for the last three years to this point now where I feel really strong in that in all realms of life like I need to have my intuition guiding and it felt like I had to go through this intense ear pain like it took like nearly two months of intense ear pain to finally make me surrender enough again to just to trust because it's not you know that I come from that more background of academic and intellect and that being what is revered even though I always had the dream-like vision childhood where it was just in my imagination field but it became not the the um you know it was just especially in the UK I don't know what it's like in Australia but it's it's like so mocked as like weird and um woo-woo and just like that is just seen as like it's just made fun of all the time like the you know the weird vegan or the weird um people who believe in homeopathy or the we and you know it's like the more and more you drop and of course we're in now a beautiful time where it's so much has like shifted and there's so many now who are all like reclaiming these beautiful practices and sacred tools and um we're allowed to trust all of that but I still had this um in a sort of cynic or critic within myself that was like questioning like can you still 
trust that fully or is you know like constantly and now I feel I've finally been able to drop it all and just trust and be in the beauty of everyone is allowed their experience and what they're going to do but just be in my own and um yeah I'm just so I have to say I'm just so grateful to ayahuasca and this medicine and the lineages that have you know protected her and honored her and cultivated her and um, brought it to our awareness because I it's made again it's made everything just on a deep deep level just simple and uh, clear and I, I feel now less alone on this spiritual journey and I feel yeah, really held in by the whole um, plant and animal kingdom and everything it's like I had this immediate feeling as I dropped into the medicine like wow this shouldn't make sense at all on my mind because I would never have chosen mentally to start leading ceremony with ayahuasca like that was just so beyond what I would have you know thought of in my my mind but as soon as I surrendered to it I, it's like everything suddenly in my life makes sense and it's this deep um level of like ease like I can feel like I can finally lean back and be like wow this has all been for me all along this is and I'm being shown these visions now of what I'm here for in in a deeper way and I it felt like immediately I had to make this commitment to the medicine for a life like lifelong commitment I felt very clear like I didn't have really a choice in that either like and I felt this new level of responsibility like I can't just be a yes person. I can't just be the easygoing, um, like up for anything younger self that I was through a lot of my 20s, which brought me to a lot of incredible fun experiences. But now it was like being really discerning and saying no more often and just being really feeling responsibility in a really beautiful way rather than the weight and the heaviness I was always trying to shrug off in my younger years and now just feeling like oh I get to really drop into this and um, actually get to where I've always wanted to get to also as a woman and as just a person yeah in life um, so I'm so incredibly grateful and it, and it feels so right to talk about it all like I don't feel even when I went through the whole process in my mind like should I not talk about all of this and yeah, all of that it just feels um wrong and it, it and I know some you know white people who guide ceremony and they I would say live more in the shadows of it because they don't promote they feel you know the persecution wound they feel judgment and the you know what can come from online or just in the community and so on and I I feel the message for me is so clear, like to bring everything into the light and to have a conversation and not need to prove to anyone or make anyone else choose this path or, you know, any of it, but just talk about it and, and let's like explore it together. I don't know, you know, like I would love to learn more also from other women and, and people in this space. But um, mm, yeah, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about that parallel that's happened um, within I don't know because you're obviously making that that beautiful like thread between 
the kind of persecution of birth or the like it's been taken away like certain aspects of the power it's been distorted um and then also within the medicine so i feel like there's like that parallel between mm. both of them having that experience of being like distorted from their original um purpose and power um so it feels like you're kind of like yeah reweaving you know that together and and through your direct experience of it um just creating a new story around both of those things because yeah you were in both of those realms like i guess led through um judgment or um external opinions and stuff away from like that original um you know it, power and intention and and now that you've had this like direct intuitive um strong feeling with within both of those realms it's like yeah it's just re recreating that story for you and and for i'm sure anyone else who read um sorry listens to this probably will will feel that too and hopefully be inspired in some um regard whether they're a mother or a mother to be or um yeah in, mm. in whatever level it resonates yeah it felt like the level for me it felt like with the first experience was like it's like a war against women and our deepest um knowing and um this uh, if we choose to give birth in this lifetime we this is an incredible window of opportunity of like of initiation like the strongest way of stepping into your deepest knowing and um embodiment and just channeling and and it's everything within one space because it's so human and you know bloody and and like you know of the flesh and it's also so deeply emotional and it's so in the spirit realm because it's between that portal of life and death and i now feel so strong behind the sense of like nothing should chip away at a woman's sense of knowing and her choices and her um guidance within that space but what we have done in the modern world is everything against that um pretty much anything you look up online you're going to kill your child like any food or anything you know this is like even if there's no actual evidence of it it's like oh because we don't know you shouldn't eat this or there's just constant ways it can show up where you're ch it's chipping away at your and the fear that you have obviously because of course we want to give birth and the most important thing is to have a healthy child and to also be healthy ourselves but there's so much um, fear that can creep in because I think we are taken away from you know really being held in our knowing like really having a whole community that like just sees you as um, a woman rising up into you know herself as a queen as a warrior as like the strongest like you know pass it right passage we can walk through like it's in incredible and then knowing just through my first experience as well like how deep the healing I had to do and really um, look at what had happened because <laughs> you kind of have a newborn child then and you're all it's like I didn't want to even think about what had just happened. I was just so in the love field of my child and everything that that also requires of you to kind of be present with and show up for and so on. But I feel like this is a thing that so many 
um, mothers are actually walking with these deep traumas that they can't even put words to or even um, acknowledge because it's confusing because it's, you know, even within the holistic, um, you know, quote unquote, natural birth space, you can have, uh, like I did, had the wrong, <laughs> for me, the wrong midwives. And um, it just again just the stuff that was said and I don't know it felt like so much sabotage within the space of just me stepping into my knowing and I'm grateful now again to have a to actually have a a birth sort of coach keeper who's her whole focus is which is so beautiful and it makes so much sense it's like doesn't even really focus that much on the birth because it's like acknowledging the birth will just happen but focusing all the attention on the 42 days afterwards and really creating a nest where you can um, rest for the full 48 days and have support and figure it out in any way possible even if it seems impossible financially or with work or I don't know anything it's like that can actually be really into like ingenious ways of creating and setting up this space and when you have this space to enter into afterwards where you know you're so held and supported so you can make your child feel so held and supported and give them all the tools and imprintation that will likely last their entire life this is birthing the future and this is what we need to feel safe to feel held to feel empowered to feel strong and able to recover and restore and um she's seen time and time again since she shifted over you know a decade of you know being more of a traditional midwife and being more present at the birth to now stepping further and further back and just the amount of women in this community um that she's worked with and just people she's worked with online as well who are having these just incredible free births just by themselves or with their partner and um just just like in their knowing and just like being able to then step into this nest and this way of being held and restored and perhaps also this being a huge missing piece of why so many women experience postpartum depression and a huge disconnection and like it's so confusing like I know for myself I felt so wide open for so long after the first birth and I took like 30 days actually at home um, which I think restored a lot of what I had kind of gone through um, with the birth itself but then um, finally being able to step back into the world a little bit more intact and able to even feel other people's energies because you're in such a vulnerable space for the first time but yeah I just want to speak to that as well because it's so there are these other ways of doing which is it's also ancestral it's also been the way we've always i think throughout time been held more so and still you know in many indigenous communities today there's so much more respect and um looking after the birth space as this incredible you know importance for the future generations and what people were growing in and who are going to be shaping the future um so yeah it does feel all part of this continuum of reclamation and um living it and i think we can only experiment and live in our own life and just be an example but not need to uh 
again like need anyone else to really follow it if they don't feel it's a calling but just to just live what we feel you know we're called to it feels so powerful yeah 100 percent. i mean yeah at the end of the day everyone has their own like path to walk and and i think yeah your your message overall is just about following that that intuition and not allowing it to be tainted by um, external sources <laughs> which is mm. so much easier said than done but i think yeah <laughs> like from your sharing it feels like you're really owning it and like in a really strong um firm but also obviously um feminine and um well feminine is strong <laughs> obviously um mm -hmm. but that that beautiful marriage between like yeah you're you're strong in your intuition you know you're like um yeah merging those two sides of of it and um yeah i'm i'm so excited for you and for your your birth experience and so you're doing it uh in november yes yeah mm. everyone can check back in there <laughs> um yeah yeah and i'd love to hear um have you in this birth felt um connected to like what's your experience of your spiritual connection to the being that you're bringing in and perhaps from your last birth to how, how have you experienced that and um, yeah, tuned into that or how, how has that kind of energy come in when you've um, found out you're pregnant and through your journey or beforehand, mm. <laughs> I guess too. Mm. That's such a beautiful question. It's like, yeah i <laughs> with my first son i just i also had such a strong feeling of like he's been here before and he knows what he's here for and he's just this light and he's just this really like my little helper as well and this is just beautiful i mean we're here to help each other um and i had this like immediately um when i gave birth in the hospital and he, he came out and you know immediately they're like washing and you feel all the bright lights and everything away from what I had imagined giving birth at home in like a really sacred space um and so we were crying but as soon as they put him in my arms we had this eye-to-eye -eye connection and it was like he was so at peace and it was just like this deepest soul recognition of like wow I know you like and um I felt yeah also like through um prior to him was when like i think just a few months before i conceived cosmo i the 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 project salty gathering fully arrived as like a fully formed vision of like what i was here to do and so um then i conceived him and then he was part of that whole journey that whole first year and um, I felt like like more energized with him inside of me like I felt um, like he was here to really like <laughs> like help channel it all like it felt like yeah he was just along for this ride and um, after that first um, 
after the birth and then like um he also was part of the second um gathering that we held in Colombia and he was just again such a beautiful part of it like it's and so many people came so many women came to me and they were like I can't tell you how healed I felt watching you mother and hold space at the same time like it became like a really obvious thing to do just to have him there and not separate which is kind of what we've done in the modern world like we we create separation this is where the children go and this is where the adults go and it just kind of worked and even actually four months I think after the birth I felt so called to hold this journey and so six women I think came for this journey for women who want to change the world and Cosmo was also there as a baby and he just it was just again just it worked it flowed like it didn't quite mentally make sense like how is this going to work how am I going to teach and share like and have um, a baby to take care of but it just he felt like he's here with me for this journey and super beautiful and he just keeps amazing us also just like his spirit his light is just so beautiful and he's so funny and just yeah it's just such a joy to be around him and he is just also this magnetic person you know all children are magnetic but he he has like people who want to babysit him and kids who all like they all like Cosmo he has this kind of energy of also like a year or so ago there was this like camera crew and they wanted to um cast for this uh commercial it's actually for a big natural beauty brand from hawaii and they asked if they could um do a test with him and i just i was like well i don't know like i felt a bit weird about it all but then i just asked him and he (laughs) was such an immediate yes like he just went in front of the camera and just started flirting with the camera which was so funny and beautiful to witness because I have always felt a little bit awkward in front of the camera it's been like very it's taken a long time for me to kind of ease into that and just to watch him kind of revel in it and then the whole like commercial experience he was just like I mean just it was like he's already I was like if he if he does become famous in later life I wouldn't be surprised because he feels so at ease with that um energy anyway that's him and I don't know the sex of this baby, the gender, but I feel female. But I, again, that's just, I mean, you could, (laughs) there's only two options really. Or, I mean, there's the whole um, spectrum. So maybe it's also we can feel between all of them because we also embody the different parts. But I, um, one funny thing is that since, and now it's going to seem like, I mean, (laughs) nearly, too funny um but my my husband like even before I met him he's always wanted to call a girl Aya (laughs) and so to be guided to the medicine um with this baby and myself I'm just like if they do end up being a girl and we we call her Aya it just it'll be such it's like another cosmic joke um of connection of (laughs) what it's like this funny um yeah like timeline collapse of like okay this was always meant to be and and um I felt so connected to the name also ever since Kelly my partner wanted like for the first um for Cosmo was like if it's a girl I really want the name Iron and we felt really connected to that and so um yeah I just I feel 
like this this child is um deep within this medicine work and um has a deep and deep ancestral past in it and um is also just yeah a beautiful it's like kind of giving me and i again i don't know if it's actually a girl but i've started shifting little pieces of myself embodying more the woman i would want my girl to feel like she can be you know like just that strength of self and trust and and voice and just courage and all these things that i would want you know an empowered like to empower my child with um and i there's something deeply again wounding of course we all have that healing and empowerment work to do but there is this deep wounding directly within the feminine experience that's kind of unique to to women of what has you know gone on for so many centuries and still goes on and how to navigate um the world when there is still i mean i'm in such a bubble now really um but i think of my how i grew up and what i was you know surrounded by this the way we the way we talk about women's image and sexuality and just the way i felt so awkward for so long and so disconnected from myself and my body and my sexuality and just feeling safe to be just exactly who i was uh and am like it felt like i mean it's taken me this whole journey to to get closer and closer to it and i would like to birth if i am birthing a girl um for her to be able to rise into that from the beginning and so it's helped me also look at the last bits of myself still that i'm like holding back in or um being slightly you know still not fully embodying or whole with um so i feel again they're helping me and so i'm so grateful to already this child and what they um are clearly here for because i just can't even imagine yeah they, there's no part of me that doesn't believe they're not part of this journey with the medicine and um and so i just yeah i'm in awe to even just meet them girl or boy um or you know again anywhere on that gender spectrum because it's also so freeing to recognize throughout indigenous societies this spectrum of gender and this ancestral also knowing of we have this being able to dance between um the spirits of the feminine and the masculine and embody it in different ways and not feel constrained by even the the boxes of like i can say with cosmo my son like he as much loves to sword fight and to you know play fight and to kind of do that more typical boy stuff he also <laughs> recently fallen in love with like a truck um but he equally loves like being caring like and trying on clothing and like being really um you know in the feminine it's just like so beautiful to allow and it's like maybe shifting bit by bit i think he got attracted to the truck because he started we went to a, a kids party and there was all the these trucks around the boys and that's what they were playing with and so he felt suddenly like oh this is something i want to play with um but bef- like a, a, away from that away from the other sort of um imprints he's just um 
in love with so many different things which are beyond the gender definitions and it's also easier in a bubble where we're not um you know we're not around stores where you can buy toys so we don't even have that many toys we're often just playing with nature and there's a freedom to that as well without this um like and he loves blue but he also loves pink you know these like really silly things but it's like he um and he loves to clean like he really loves to clean and like help like cook and it just it's so beautiful to witness a human and not have to put any of that stuff on um them like from the beginning so i'm glad that this conversation is also broadening between gender um and understanding that we are allowed to embody different things yeah 100 percent. and it's yeah like you say in our um generation it's just becoming so much more accepted to firstly just have conversations about these things and then also just seeing in in society people people feeling more and more uplifted and accepted to to talk about them and and you know express themselves in those ways um yeah i'm actually like studying um a degree in counseling right now and it's interesting because that was part of um the discussion that we're having in my studies this week. So it's kind of going in tandem Um, with just how to, um, how to be the most inclusive and accepting that we can with people of all diverse genders in whatever way that they want to express themselves. And yeah, even, even though, you know, in, on the surface, it might still bring up discomfort for you or triggers for you, or um, you know, bring you into a space of thinking about, um, you know, your, your opposition to that or something. And, um, you know, there's always going to be these little things that hang on from, from like comments that were made or things that, you know, may perhaps our parents or grandparents or other people in our community have said about, um, you know, what's okay and what's not okay. And, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. really being flexible and, and open and willing to change one's viewpoint and perspective on, on those things and just not being as rigid and I think that's definitely the energy that's coming in in, in our generation and then obviously the beautiful star seeds that <laughs> um, that you're bringing through and and that like yeah beautiful I've had so many amazing um, close friends just get giving birth or pregnant right now and um, it's just yeah there does seem to be like some incredible beings willing and wanting to come into the world to continue to um you know keep this evolution and and revolution going (laughs) i feel so inspired to um become a mother one day and i do feel like it's going to be a huge part of my journey now and it's like even though i haven't had those direct experiences yet i can like i feel like i can touch them and, and tap into them just through hearing your um yeah your experiences and it just gets me so excited to um be in that process and that journey too and i think i was kind of hearing from what you were expressing to that that sentiment that like having children is is not going to distract you or take you away from your purpose that if those beings have chosen to come through you that they're here to just continue to add to the richness of what you're creating and be supports to that and sounds like the beings mm. that that you've brought through and um 
are that for you. And I just, yeah, I really loved hearing that from you because I think that's also another stigma in society around, um, you know, being a mother is, um, you know, oh, like uh, you give up on your dreams now or, you know, like you're just going to be a mother. But it's like, well, that, you know, in and of itself is is a really vital and, and huge role to undertake. But um, I think, yeah, some women probably get scared to be into that journey, just, you know, feeling like it might be giving up their career and um, other opportunities. So I'd love to hear your your perspective on that too. Mm, yeah it's it is a whole journey because um there is so much um, hmm, it, it it's not easy at first because you're trying to understand who you are as this new role and um I felt so immediately like I I mean one I'm just in such an incredible you know privilege and luxury to be kind of I mean I stripped back so much of my life before you know coming to um, conceiving and giving birth for the first time that I had really already been questioning so much about um, you know even what I need and what I need to um, receive and what I need to do um, so that I could really design I guess my life like I really could really not look less and less come away from what society projects or what people expect or um but to really create everything and make it sort of work within my ecosystem and relationships and so on and it's it's a it's a long journey and it's it's always a learning and a um growing and evolving but i think that all helped prepare for stepping into motherhood and immediately realizing there was like I did not want to embody um, the bitterness, which I could feel through some mothers, um, which is just so normal as well, because you're pushed to your limits and there's so much expectations. And when we put our attachment to other people's opinions or um, proving ourselves or I don't know all the things that can really drain our energy um, and also just so much comparison you know just in life through social media and then through parenting and motherhood there's like a lot you know that can go on within communities of spaces so to kind of step away from all that and question like what do I want to be around what do I want to take in and I really chose to be more on an intuitive journey and not really read that much about motherhood and not listen to that much and just hear little pieces of wisdom and really helpful things because um, it does help to have that community and be around it as well like seeing other women give birth or you know knowing other women it's, it's beautiful that you know you kind of want to move in that direction and already be in that field of awareness because it really is helpful to um to usher in your own journey um because i think there's also a lot of unknown you step into you're like what <laughs> how do i navigate all of this we're not in that tribe or village anymore where we're seeing it through the generations and it's just normal um so yeah and i so immediately with that question of like business i had to really get clear on a few things of like i had to get over my um 
fear of asking for help or feeling like I needed to be independent and do everything. I really had to surrender into um, even just early on having a friend come and walk Cosmo around the neighborhood or like walk, like walking down to the beach with the dogs and then just giving me half an hour or an hour to kind of reset was like in the early sort of months, just so beautiful, like um, to have that. And then also in partnership, like we both have um, these, you know, we both have jobs, which we kind of create our own schedule, which is again, such an incredible privilege and beautiful um, place to be in but we could really navigate this together and come into balance and what does that look like when the mother is breastfeeding and you know being the main sort of nurturer and then looking at like just okay just him um, my partner Kelly like taking him for also for a walk first thing in the morning letting me sleep for an extra an hour in the morning and then taking just finding that balance throughout of like how to do this together and knowing also in both of our you know recent family history like that was not the case it was just part of society has always like for a long time um just been the you know it's the woman more automatically is the the main caretaker and um there's also that reason for that because of course you you, if you choose to breastfeed you're breastfeeding you have that kind of more um physical bond but there there is a beautiful way like we've been able to explore just um sharing that journey together and not automatically um assuming that like i think mothers again this is like such a generalization but they can take on so much more um within you know they're still trying to keep up with uh, the work and with the house and with you know so many different things and of course it's it's so unique and different in every partnership and family ecosystem but there was a lot within us to also address and for me to learn my voice and to be you know even more so just like I had such a wish for my partner sometimes just to know things and just to be there but like knowing I had to sometimes speak it more and just navigate all of that and then knowing I wanted to maintain myself as a creative person you know doing my work like I love this huge passion I have for what I'm doing in the world um, with my projects it's like I didn't want to lose any of that. And I also probably tried, like I've had probably more fear of like losing it that I, I probably tried to do too much also. Now I look back with that first um, postpartum time. I just still wanted to feel so connected to those other parts of myself because it was so disorientating, um, surrendering into this new space and, you know, feeling so honored and wanting to be a mother so much, like for so many years, I knew I wanted to be a mother and really choosing it and consciously conceiving and all that, all of that, like really stepping onto this journey and choosing it, but then also feeling all of this loss of my younger self. And there's just it's so disorientating, but beautiful. Um, and there's no real, it doesn't feel like there's a real guide map that you just have to kind of figure out what, what it is for you. Um, so to simplify more and more has been such a blessing. And 
I've been really in this exploration through um, for women who want to change the world of what it means to live in flow and working with like doing and rest and shifting and working with the seasons and working with the moon or working with the sun throughout the day, just working with nature and um, again, allowing time for that deep rest and just realizing again and again, I will meet that part of myself that feels lazy or not doing enough or you're not being productive. And it's so hard for the mind to surrender and just allow. But the more I'm finding that I do allow deep rest whenever I'm called to and never feeling lazy and never feeling um, I'm wasting time or falling behind or any of that, the more I allow that deep rest whenever it comes, like whenever it feels it's needed, um, I am able to show up so much more efficiently um, with energy, with clarity, with purpose, when again, like that rises back up and that allowing for that dance, I think allows me to also then be a better mother and a better just watching and it's you have this amazing reflection through your child like immediately like you know sometimes you'd be like why is he so suddenly like wound up and like acting out and um suddenly we just look at ourselves me and my partner and we realize it's because we're slightly wound up and we're it's like he is reflecting us all the time so if we can keep like not like ever bringing in stress not like how to navigate that and of course life brings stuff to you and we're gone. I feel like I've gone through so many like you know ups and downs and so many obstacles which is again I think just living fully um just how you navigate that and just be able to reset and restore and just keep coming back um again allows me to be present and um, we were just talking about before this recording, like about I stepped away for two whole months from social media and really all media. And I was able to, again, on another level, reclaim presence with my son and realizing and then also have more energy for my my real work. And so it's like not even just between work and motherhood. It's also like where else am I putting my energy into distraction and um realizing more and more through this journey that I am here to be a mother and to really own that and not feel less than as a role um which I can it sounds silly to say because mentally I know that's not true but somehow deeply embedded it still was where I still wanted to be you know known for other things and now I, I'm taking more um the deep honor of holding life and ushering and supporting their journeys and um, knowing also part of that is living my own and I think we there's something about I even noticed it with our animals we have two dogs and we just brought in a new puppy and um, two cats and it's like everyone <laughs> is so beautifully independent and we all come together and we nourish one another and we like are such a strong family but it feels like this um importance of each having our thing and um i can see like even my son you know he has that he's so 
already confident and free to like go off and um see someone out like he loves meeting other people and he just it's just like this he has this confidence in the world right now of like he's supported and held and and loved and um it's so beautiful to have that where we're not like we, we still sleep in the same bed we're like still you know that um what you would call attachment parenting which again is like a terms I've learned now but it's like I've never really read into it or it's just all being intuitively lent into and like I we breastfed very like naturally until like it just felt like a natural thing to do all the way up until he was two and then um I got into this intense jungle fever and I also had felt like energetically like it was not serving us so much anymore just in this in our personal dynamic it started to feel like he was getting very aggressive around needing to drink and like um just not um yeah it was just interesting and I wasn't I was also not attached to when we would stop I was kind of open to kind of keep going and seeing but then I had this very intense fever where I was like out for a whole week not able to eat and all my energy drained and so it just became a natural um transition out and and then just also just seeing okay I could also begin to sleep more again I was thinking about our first conversation our first podcast I was like that was one of the last months I was still kind of sleep deprived (laughs) so I like I think I made sense but it's like still the energy wasn't fully intact because I was still in this liminal space which I it's also hard because it's like you I choose to do that and I want to that's like one of the most beautiful relationships for me I just loved it so much breastfeeding but um, I was also never able to fully restore with sleep and uh, I see the beauty of that space and time because I was able to touch down on so many of my vulnerabilities and my shadow work it was all just come to the surface like everything is so tender and you're also able to cut through a lot of the stuff that you don't want in your life or need. It's like I, to survive through this and still thrive and feel, feel good. I have to just really do what's best for myself and my child. So it helped me do the things that I would want to do as a woman anyway, or as a person anyway, like, you know, have better boundaries, have, um, better discernment of my energy and so on and and now even more so with this journey um but yeah it's such a i'm i think it's helpful to just drop as many of the preconceived expectations and ideas of what our lives and careers and um parenting should look like and just try and drop into more and more of the presence of what is each day and then just allow the journey to unfold and like I've like I've shared with you before and like I've spoken with, with this work it's like I have such a strong big like the vision is so big so it's very overwhelming with soul sea gathering in particular like I know what it's meant to be and I know also then the deep um like I could cook forever get caught up in that and not actually be moving along, but actually the more I surrender and just allow for this journey to unfold and to have, you know, visions so clearly of the future of like what things should be is a gift. It's like an amazing gift, but then it's also constantly tripped me up because I felt 
at times lacking and not where I should be or you know and a lot of what I hear other people you know experiencing all the time especially with pressures of society and I wish for a world where we could all step into that um, dropping the expectations and the heaviness of what our lives could look like and then I do believe they'll get there quicker when we do it's like more we can kind of um, drop into what our one true beautiful life is meant to be which is going to be so different to anyone else's um, and again with parenting I just think and with career and I mean really anything it's like we shouldn't compare and there's so much I think also within parenting and um, and motherhood and and this journey there can be so much judgment there can be so much um, unsolicited, unsolicited advice giving there can be yeah so much noise that again it pulls us away from discovering what is our unique ecosystem and I feel also the less the more I go into maturing I feel less and less pressure to to be anything or to prove anything and just um, again just be with what is which I think again it's just such a gift because um it takes us then quicker to where we always wanted to go which is the kind of i think the cosmic joke again of life um surrendering which is one of our hardest human things i think to actually live and embody because we want to control and know and and force and push and dictate and um feel like yeah we have everything under control and then yeah to fully drop into the unknown which I think the collective is forced to it's being forced to do at this time more and more which comes with it a lot of depression and, and depths of despair and loss and fear which I've also had to navigate so much but I feel like maybe I've been doing this for so many years in preparation it nearly felt like this whole time this whole quarantine pandemic like and also the environment like you know stuff being in our faces it's like I have worked with this like I've <laughs> I feel like I've been in preparation nearly for this time without knowing um because I was so aware as a child of the you know the level of environmental destruction going on and I was so um yeah aware of like more and more so of where like the wrong direction our civilization was going and like the kind of blindness and the numbness that we had to um what was taking place which I now think is this big rude awakening for many and um hopefully we can just be part of this conversation more and more where we can um show that it's actually okay to step into the unknown and it's actually okay to work with um what is difficult in life and find um the balance of you know looking after ourselves taking care and not getting lost in the heaviness and being stuck in that feeling of stuckness of just not knowing how to get out because there are ways to get out and there are tools and once we gain them it's like a whole other world um, reveals itself and like for me now I can take in far more intense you know goings on in the world and I can channel it into what I'm here for it's like I can 
use whatever um yeah is being presented to me and really like learn and become engaged but like really again put it into this deeper work I'm here which I think is so helpful because for a long time I was just receiving traumatic information um through news and um the documentary work I was with like I'd worked with um before I began all of that journey and and um I just felt constantly depressed and um didn't know how to handle it so I would numb and I would just also just you know live for the weekend and just kind of um try and escape and um when we lose our options of escape which has been this kind of quarantine time I think it's like we can actually move into a deeper deeper space and allow for life to unfold and it's not about it being easy or not having hard things um in fact motherhood and parenting and just life can be constantly humbling of things that show up but um it's like knowing that we can get through it and we become i guess resilient or um yeah we're able we know that it too shall pass we will find our way through and um the quicker we can accept and surrender and not avoid the hard stuff in our own life and in the world then um we can yeah i think also find those deep places of joy and bliss which is really again the gifts of again bringing in new life just the amount of the way you get stretched in both directions to your edges but then you want to be present for the most beautiful things that you get to witness through child children's eyes and um then looking back at yourself so it's all a gift and i i feel more strongly now again to own that 42 days after the birth and not need to get back into doing or um proving or i don't know keeping up with whatever i've begun and just like how do i really intelligently uh set up my work to support my being a mother rather than the other way around or yeah i think i kind of answered what you had spoken to but mm -hmm. i went in a few different directions <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love the way that you articulate. <laughs> yeah, I was I was reflecting on a lot of different things as you were kind of moving through that response and it just made me think about in regards to, you know, work and purpose and these projects that we steward and um it just made me realize again and again just the power of collaboration and and as we were speaking about before we hit record just um yeah how vital it is to understand that like even though it may be your business and you know you may consider it like a baby or you know an extension of you that it um maybe there are some other pieces that that other um people and um energies might have to bring to it and yeah it's very easy to be like this is my project and i you know and that that's definitely necessary but yeah i was kind of i guess self reflecting in a way of like um realizing the importance of of surrendering to collaboration and to help <laughs> um and i guess that also ties in with motherhood too like you were saying just um inviting other people in to like give you a break and give you some time to just um come back to center again and um 
yeah, I was just reflecting on like Mojo Maker app and and how I do really want it to be a space of collaboration and um and how that will kind yeah. of serve everyone. And, it, <laughs> and it's incredible. Yeah, when yeah, there's so much in that as well because it's I think for what I've learned what I've learned so far, it's like as long as we can really stand in who we are and what we're here for and know our roles and we can invite that collaboration and those partnerships and alliances in because I've had actually some of the roughest rides with trying to already build a team or trying to collaborate or trying to um you know always knowing that Salty Gathering for example was not just me and then also finding it really really having the hardest lessons through trying to to um work with others and I look back now and I realize because I wasn't in my full power of self of my knowing of um being a leader but also just um yeah it's because when I was too open and too like oh anyone who wants to be part of it to be part of it and any um people interpreted it then and take it into different directions and it didn't have me as the vision holder being super strong with the clarity of like the boundaries of this is what it is and this is what we're here for and this is how we show up and requiring um you know support and also being really clear with my direction rather than just allowing different things to come through and it kind of just kept um yeah I had some really hard experiences of like trying to build something together and then realizing it was really um draining and then it would blow up in my face and then coming away from it all and then realizing okay it's because I had to mature that little bit level like a little bit more that people pleasing in me had to um die off that little bit more so I could just be very clear and not again I mean no one wants to be the toxic leader or boss or of anything but it's like we still have to have that strength of self and direction and vision and still be so open to other people's um, adding to it and making it so much more because that's where movements really grow from from that um collaboration and, and sharing of ideas but being I think so strong in ourselves for that journey and I think it's the same with everything as a mother bringing in help really realizing I had to use my voice more when something wasn't okay um, when I had someone help or when you know just speaking needs more because I was like so myself just like so never wanting to st like um, confront be confrontational or like yeah so it would end up just me avoiding things and not able to just um state needs and so on so I I feel like there's so much in that as well to navigate but it's beautiful and that's where we come alive as humans through relationships and community and where we really get to do the deeper work also of um the inner work we've done we get to really test it all out through um the people we meet but I feel yeah I'm excited for this next chapter because I feel finally more in my strength to to know my part at the least and then attract 
other parts which are different yeah I can completely resonate with that too I think that's why I've been reluctant thus far to kind of allow people to um help (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. yeah just because like it does create that other dynamic there and yeah and then there's also like obviously more expectation that can be (laughs) um like you can you know perhaps feel let down or yeah things can get confusing so yeah it's definitely a huge um yeah process (laughs) um and I'm the same with like trying to keep the peace and that sort of thing but um yeah, I'm really like taking in everything that you shared because you seem like you're in such a um, just a strong, discerning, powerful space. And I guess being pregnant is really uh, enhancing that too. And it and it almost like not forces, but like there is a, like a knowingness that you you do need to step up more into that space. And yeah, it's just so beautiful to to absorb and learn from you right now. <laughs> it's just as simple as like so when you're when I'm in the process of actually giving birth, it's like, you need to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Like you have to just know. And and I was like, even uncomfortable to say like, get out of the room, like leave me alone. <laughs> like, you know, I just was so in that space of non-confrontational and, and not wanting, I don't know, it's not being about me that I, it just um, created so many problems for that first birth where it could have been I really do believe if I had stepped into that like sovereign knowing and power and maybe you do like maybe I would have you know because like when you feel other people's reactions and responses it's like and you take it on it's like never wanting to hurt anyone and you realize no one ever no one's actually getting served and I think of some of the teachers I had or the leaders I've had who can make you feel uncomfortable at times it will make you feel you can trigger something you'd be like god who do they think they are and then (laughs) later on when they when you realize it comes from a deep sense of intention and truth and integrity you gain more respect for that kind of person because you're like they're not afraid to tell me also when I'm wrong or um just you know just their own they're just being who they are and even if no one's wrong or right it's like there's a deeper respect of that rather than just this um niceness all the time and I think of some of the indigenous female elders I've been able to meet on this journey um in particular with soul sea gathering and they have that embodiment and there is sometimes this awkwardness or this um you don't know if they like you immediately or whether (laughs) you're doing the right thing and it's okay because in the end um it's honest and it's real and it's um you grow through it like I felt for example in Colombia when I met with Haba Teresa who just this incredible um Kogi indigenous female medicine woman elder and I just felt within her presence nothing like naked nothing could be hidden and um there was no judgment or like um you know I just felt this very clear um needing to rise into maturity and I learned a lot through that experience in Colombia like um holding the gathering there like the the amount of maturation I had to go and do and I'm so grateful to that kind of elder and leader and just that um 
yeah, that awkwardness, which wasn't just like sometimes in our societies, we can just be so like, it's all about how friendly we are, how nice we are and how much we give, you know, the whole um, feeling of being like supported. And I even heard like some people who they maybe have gone to India or they've gone and, you know, sat with some of these gurus and there's this aura and there's this level of, um, I don't know, purity. And, and then they will go to the Amazon or they'll go to some of these, um, yeah, indigenous communities. And it's like the shaman or the, you know, the medicine man or woman or the leader, like, is just wearing jeans and smoking a cigarette and like just speaking in this really um, rough way, like just very down to earth way and not playing this whole, um, not to say that any guru or anyone is like playing the role, but we can sometimes fall into that, um, especially within spirituality of like, what does a spiritual leader look like or what does, you know, even a boss, like the masks that we embody, like we take on because this is what we think it should look like or be. But then I lo- that's why I just love the indigenous path. And in general, again, it's a huge generalization, but um, just so often the kind of down to earthness and just um, dr- kind of shifting your expectations and kind of um, some of the elders, the most powerful, wise um, beings I've been able to sit with, you could easily miss them. And in fact, I see that a lot of people do miss them and don't recognize like that power because they're not standing on the stage. They're not on the mic. They're not um, playing the part or the role that we're used to in our society. But anyway, all of that, I just, I think it's inspired me more and more to just be how can I just be actually real and who I am and not need to project or um, live up to expectations and just um, keep trying to be true. And then it's helped me root more and more into um, the reason it's like that what's allowed me to do that more and more. And I'm still constantly practicing is being so rooted into my purpose and my why and that be, beyond anyone else's opinions and expectations and so on because even within this space you know I felt everything has felt so guided I felt so called to this project it was like it was so beyond anything I could have chosen again mentally um for the last five seven years um this whole journey and and then realizing also just the it's just the difficulty of being, I mean, <laughs> just the awareness, not the difficulty, but the, the awareness of being white and where I come from and um, talking about indigenous knowledge or ancestral knowledge and being so sensitive to it. And for so long, like never wanting to <clears throat> hurt anyone or um, trigger anyone, especially um, anyone indigenous, right. And anyone, just like going against what I'm really trying to support. But then for so long, I felt unable to even speak at times because um, the fear of persecution again, and that has deep ancestral wounds for all of us. Um, So we can all live in that constant fear of like really saying what we're here to say. And I think 
the more we can actually do it and be okay with also making mistakes out loud. And even now when like cancel culture, call out cultures become very strong, it's like even more so I feel it's important to root into our truth and just live it day to day through our small interactions and then through the the bit bigger communication also. But I am so excited for yeah, what you've built and where I'm just so excited to see where all the ways you could take it and um already the people I think you've drawn you've drawn to you and um you're working with I have no doubt you'll figure out the collaboration pieces and and just what it is you're here for I think there's no mistakes either like even if things feel like we're getting pulled away from you know ourselves or someone else's energy is taking over or whatever it is um it's all a learning and a practice pad for just kept stepping back and or like stepping forward and um redirecting or just reclaiming parts of the stuff that we might have felt we have lost for a moment and I don't know there's no perfect way to kind of figure it all out before doing so I think we just have to go out and do and learn the hard lessons as we go and um, that's how we actually get to create change and do beautiful work in the world Hmm. yeah I I'm so in love with your work too and i'm so grateful that you share that full spectrum too of um just understanding all all sides of it because it's also a similar experience that i've had in obviously in terms of like being a white young woman who externally would be seen as quite privileged and and um yeah within wanting to do work that maybe might feel more um, activist or just being in love with and inspired by indigenous cultures but yeah like you said having that fear of persecution of um, appropriation or just like not yeah just not feeling like the appropriate voice to be sharing that so I'm really grateful that um, yeah you've just continued to lean into that that vision and and trust it and yeah so grateful for the platform that you have and that you're continuing to create and um yeah how how can people connect to um the house now i guess we shared in the last interview a bit about what you offer but if you want to just kind of condense that and and share about um anything new that's going on and and i'll obviously share all of your links and everything anyway mm, thank you yeah the definitely um been putting a lot of energy into the soul seed house which can be found at soulseedgathering.com forward slash house and that is a membership um, subscription space which is we're just working to build the most comprehensive library of deep feminine and earth-based cultural knowledge from across the world past and present inviting um everyone to also be the researcher of their own lineages and experiences and so we all get to i mean radically shift the academic model of outsiders researching um a people and making assumptions or and and then even with the history like there's been so much bias and prejudice and so much limitation to what we've understood as who we are and then also within the divine feminine uprising and spiritual movement, which is so exciting. It's like um, there's so much beauty, but it can also swim in the fantasy realms, which is like where I also love to be. But it's like 
um, we're able with this um, research platform and library to kind of really anchor it down and to like help shift um, all realms of life and, and help create the change that I think we need to see in the world. So I'm, I think through knowledge and through just sharing there's more to our story, which is the name of the new podcast um, we are launching really soon where I can, oh, so I think for the people who've been part of this project and like you, I'm so grateful to, that you've like seen it and, and, and um, seen the value in it already because I feel like those people, those women and, and men that already have it, like are so special to me because it's like, yeah, I have not, I've been more in the process of figuring out what it all is um, up until now, ready to step more outward, but it's like uh, the people who've really seen it already. It's 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 super special to me. But um, yeah, they it's like helping to shift the narrative. And now with this podcast platform, not just my own voice, sharing all the other voices. I'm inspired by all the researchers and activists and indigenous leaders within this knowledge space. So again, we can just keep expanding our sense of self and um, who we are as humans and how we can make change on the earth. And I think it can really help all different fields really of anything we're working with. Just, uh, I know like it's personally transformed my life, you know, going deeper into this research and knowledge. So I wish to share that with others. And I feel also just through our conversation and before we hit record and also just now, like, I feel more connected to like deepening the um, ringing the soul through salty gathering in all realms, like really now um, being on my own deeper spiritual path again, I feel, yeah, really excited to bring that energy into all of the other spaces, but yeah, everything it's really sitting on soulseedgathering.com. The podcast will all be and at soulseedgathering on Instagram. I'll soon be back on there sharing. We just had a break um, from sharing on that platform, but um, and also my personal is Hannah Ruth Dyson, and um, you can also find that sort of stuff around flow and sort of working with the energies of nature to kind of live our lives. Um, with women change world or for women who want to change the world but yeah thank you so much for having me again and it's um you hold such a beautiful space i feel like i like come out of speaking and i'm like wow i just went on a whole journey and i didn't even realize as i was doing it like um where i was going with it all <laughs> oh thank you so much um i'm really grateful for your reflection too and and affirmation of of what i'm doing and um yeah it's it's interesting because obviously we only decided to do this conversation like yesterday <laughs> or whenever it was i think it was only yesterday wasn't it so it's but it's yeah. felt yeah um i always just receive so much from from having these conversations as i'm sure you do too with the work that you do and it's oftentimes really what you need to hear too at that exact moment and um that's mm. why i really love not not creating like a, a questions or you know, doing too much research even into that person. I mean, obviously I only interview people that I'm really deeply inspired by. So um, I'm already curious, but um, I just really love the, the spontaneity and the way it will just naturally flow. But I'm really happy that we delved into, um, yeah, birth work and that parallel of medicine and birth and 
um, yeah, how that relates to just the, the space that women have kind of held in, in society and how that's been warped. And anyway, there's just, yeah, I just have loved every aspect of this conversation and I'm sure everyone listening has received so much from it too. So yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's been so beautiful.